It's the 120 Podcast, and I'm Mikey Finale alongside Benjamin Hootie. We are coming to you live for a classic show on Saturday, July 29th, which will be, I would think, a day of release. If you're listening to this during tonight's Cubs game, pause it, go watch the game, because these Cubs are way too hot to skip right now. Literally. I mean, it is definitely a weird day to release, but after what happened last night, I think we just, we need to hop on the headsets. I think you posted something on social media, headsets on. We need to get on because this has just been an incredible streak and we need to talk about it. This has been nuts. So if you're living under a rock, what has happened since Ben and I last recorded, which was only about a week ago, was the, the seven game win streak of unbelievable circumstances that has truly catapulted the Cubs from being ESPN's favorite talking point of sellers to unquestionably keeping the team together, questionably maybe buying on this Cubs team is the best way to put it. And so seven in a row during what we called rivalry week a couple weeks or a week or two ago, the Cubs fell to the Cardinals in the first game against them last week and then won the next three at home against St. Louis, then beat the White Sox twice in the cell, and now have beat the Cardinals twice to open this series in Bush Stadium. So seven in a row and eight of the last nine there, dating back to the National Series. So just truly a streak of all amazing circumstances, and that's the best way I can put it. So many blowout wins, but beyond that, a win last night that truly is one of the ones that you look back at and you say, wow, that is, that's, I mean, that's the turning point. I think every single night that we watch this team, every win has been a turning point. Cause obviously last night with Talkman's catch, the night before a blowout victory in St. Louis, the night before that was the White Sox when they were down seven to two, scored eight unanswered. And it's just been, it's been a lot of fun. I, it's been, I know, obviously, early in the season, I think, what did we start the year? Like five or six games over 500? Mm-hmm. And that was a good feeling. But obviously, that's early baseball, the early days of baseball. You know what can eventually end up happening. And it did end up happening in the Cubs. But this has been just a lot of fun. And it feels it feels a lot like some of the things that have happened in the past to some of the teams that we've watched. I'm not saying that we're as good as those teams, but I'm just thinking back to 2015, that turnaround in the second half that they had. But, yeah, we're game over 500 now, and, I mean, get another win tonight in St. Louis, and we're looking for a sweep tomorrow. The hottest team in the National League, 9-1 and one in their last 10, far and away the hottest team in the NL and in this division. The Reds are 7-3 and three in their last 10, although the Cubs now four and a half games back from the division-leading Brewers and only... Uh, looking only a couple games behind the Reds now as well. 52-51, as Benjamin Hootie said, 505 on that win percentage. The Cubs back over 500 and leaving the Cardinals and the Pirates in the rear view. Three and a half back of the wild card as well. That's, I, we've, this whole entire year, it's been division talk, division talk. Can we take this division? Can we take this division? Folks, we have a better chance at the wild card right now than we do at the division. So, just all eyes on the playoffs at this point, no matter what it is that, you know, the National League, we talked about it earlier in the year. The National League was, there were some heavy hitters that we did not think were going to slow down, like Arizona and Miami and San Francisco. And all of them have kind of taken a step back, which has get, helped the Cubs gain a lot of ground in that wild card race. 
Yeah, the Cubs enter that 50 game, that 50 plus win area where all the best teams in the NL still currently sit. Even the Dodgers only 58 to the Cubs 52. The Braves, uh, of course, 65, just in a league of their own. Um, but yeah, this Cubs team is really in the last week cementing themselves as, holy cow, we are a team that should still be sticking around and fighting for a chance. And, and we've talked about it in this podcast before. I think I've literally used the phrase, I, in the past, I thought maybe this Cubs team could be a quiet seller, you know, kind of throwing the towel in on this year, but not a fire sale and uh, start, you know, pointing the, the ship towards next season. And I think in the clubhouse that was known, too. I think that there was a kind of a understanding among this veteran clubhouse that if they, you know, if they didn't shape things up, things were they were going to have to throw the towel in on the season. I mean, that's just how baseball works. But there literally was a tweet, I think, from Bleacher Nation that said something like, you know, Seven games out of 500, 21 games left, not looking good, or something like that. And then here, then this is what happens. It's it's unbelievable. I I legitimately like like last night I was at work watching the game and I literally stopped working for those three outs in the ninth <laughs> inning. And Contreras gets the hit, O'Neill gets the hit, and I'm like, God dang it! And then I think. I think someone walks, correct? Were the bases yeah. loaded with zero outs? I believe so. I No, no, no. The bases weren't loaded. Contreras got over to, to third, and Brandon Donovan grounded into an incredible double, double play, play turned by, by Nico, Nico yeah. and Dansby. And then the Talkman catch, which I think we'll be talking about. If you, you, I, I guarantee you, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably watched it a hundred times. A thousand this point. times, yeah. I haven't felt like like that feeling from a regular season game in so long. It's it's been unbelievable what this team has been able to accomplish over the last week and a half here because this extends into the like as much as seven games in a row feels really nice this even extends into the national series because what is that nine out of ten wins yeah so a week and a half here now and as we said mentioned earlier it's a lot of games where they're battling back and they're yeah. finally hitting with runners in scoring position which is something that was such a problem after those first two weeks of the year. And, you know, it, it's this run is going on during the same time that Marcus Stroman has been one of the worst pitchers in baseball in, in these past two week stretches. And they're using an opener every four days for Drew Smiley because they're not confident in putting him out there for the first two innings. So the fact that, you know, we've talked about the pitching and stuff all year and how that's been a positive And now it's like flipped it's like you finally have confidence in the offense coming through that even if the pitchers don't have their best stuff that day the the Cubs look like they're going to be able to battle back in every game now that's the key right like when you're down in a game you need to be able to still find ways to win it and it seems like that's been the key so far because we 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 didn't talk too much yet about obviously um what went into last night's game how it gets to the point where there's three to two and Talkman, the pride and joy of Palatine, has to save that ball and win the game for the Cubs. But the Cubs were down 2-0 and made a nice comeback in the middle of the game, which is so rare earlier on in this Cubs season. But it's so nice to see the Chicago Cubs fight in these games because, yeah, you can you can get all the wins you want when it's 10-3 like the night before, but you also need to be able to come from behind. And in this case, they did, and then they protected that lead with very little insurance. And by God... We have found the answer in Edward Alzali. He clearly didn't have his best stuff last night. But but it made but it work. And in the in the it, last in the ten exactly. game streak, yeah. 
Oh, in general, I mean, even before the 10 game streak, he is, he's the guy. And I just love how he has the signature celebration yep, now. He like, so excited. He, he is starting to, like, embody a closer. Like, he, yep. I can't even describe, just go watch him save a game and you'll see him get so excited after completing the save. And yeah, I mean, I think that's been one of the overall positives in the last two weeks as well is the bullpen. I give, I give, I give him a lot of crap, but I give David Ross a lot of credit for pulling these guys together. Yeah. Like, and the way that he's been able to manage games too, like going to an opener is certainly like a, it's a bold strategy. If you don't have the arms necessarily, I don't know. The only team that I've ever seen make it work is the Tampa Bay Rays. And it's a bold strategy, but it's, I think they've won both games that he's gone to an opener now. Yeah, because they won that Saturday start. They battled back uh, later in the game, too. So I give Ross a lot of credit for pulling these guys together because, you know, after that yeah. Red Sox series, it felt like everything was kind of downhill for the Cubs for the rest of the year. What have we said about David Ross before, though? I mean, he's a fourth-year manager and his first-ever time being, being a manager. And this is maybe his first season where you're looking at a team that's like, all right, David, go be a manager. I mean – his very first year was the COVID year. 21, there was so much off-the-field nonsense that it, I wouldn't even count it, and then lost half of his team halfway through the year. And 22 was a rebuilding year. But 23, they signed basically every available free agent that was fitting for their team and said, all right, David, go make it work. And, yes, he's had his downs, and he's had his high moments too, but during this streak, you got to give the manager some credit for what this Cubs team has done and for avoiding – Another year where you're only playing until August 1st. And it's kind of crazy to think, like, this is back-to-back years now where obviously still a lot of second half left, but the early signs of this, the starts of the second half are really positive. It's kind of crazy how he's been able to kind of pull the guys together and, and fight both years because obviously last year they were completely out of it. We knew that there was no chance that they were going to make any kind of run but Rossi was able to pull those guys together and yes. kind of like make them feel like, hey, you're fighting for a spot for next year's team, so let's get it done. And now yeah. going into the second half this year, it's like we're right there. If we could just put a couple pieces together, we can we can get back into this thing, and we don't have to see this entire group get broken up. And that's, sure that's enough, here we are. It, it's looking like – I. I really don't know what what will come on Tuesday. I think that's still a big question in the air. But the, it, it feels good that these guys, everyone in that group, under front office, as in the team, the coaches, everyone, they they are fighting for each other and they are fighting to keep this group together and try and make a run here to end this to end the season. It feels like for the first time in a number of years there's just like a fun vibe going on too, which I think it cannot be understated. Like I think I've said it before in this pod, but I'm not one to always buy into the whole, you know, the clubhouse energy is good or bad or you know anything like that. But especially in baseball, I feel like that could be key. And one of the things about, you know, the year the Cubs won the World Series, the year after, the year before, that was good and that they kind of lost along the way was it seemed like they – enjoyed playing together and they had their goofy celebrations and they had, you know, they always lift each other up in the post game interviews. And that's what I'm seeing again with this Cubs team, because 
there are a lot of veteran players coming together. You know, it's not like a lot of these guys have been with the Cubs for a long time. But I think that, like you said, the ones that were around last year who fought for their spot are proud to be on a winning version of the Cubs now. And the ones that are here in town as veterans are having resurgences their career in Cody Bellinger. They're really capitalizing on great contracts in Dansby Swanson. I mean, he's the best shortstop out of the four that were signed as, as a free yeah. agent this past season. And we kind of forgot about that there were two weeks as he, as he went down, but he was an all-star. I mean, this Cubs team is really finally clicking at all at the same time. And that was one thing we chased for so long in the first couple weeks of this podcast. When will they all click at the same time? And I think it's finally now. But it gets back to your point, Ben. Uh, what does this mean for Tuesday? And I don't think winning seven in a row, even with the, as fun of a team as this is, even if they go into it winning ten in a row, I don't think that necessarily means – you know, full steam ahead, time to trade Pete Crow Armstrong for Shohei Otani, mostly because Otani's locked in in the Angels. But it's – but I think you can buy. Like, I don't think you have to just sit there. There's not – there's not a, there's a difference between selling, playing with the team you have, and quietly buying. I, I read an article last night about – I'm sorry, I don't remember what source it was on, so I'm not going to have to give it too much credit. But it was, you know, the four or five quiet reliever deals that the Cubs could make. And I was so happy to see that because – all I've seen so far in the media, the Cubs will win five in a row. Where are Bellinger's going to get traded? Six in a row. Like, where are the Cubs selling to? Seven in a row. Finally, people are starting to be like, hold on a minute. Yeah. The entire, I think, I just love how this has caught the national attention because yeah. it truly was something where, like, I see talking baseball posts, Barstool Baseball, and they would be post a clip of Cody Bellinger hitting a home run. And in the comments, all you would see is Yankee, 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 <laughs> all this. And now all of a sudden, it's I, I've seen Twitter. It's actually making Yankees fans very angry that the Cubs Good. are on this seven-game win streak because they wanted Cody Bellinger so bad. <laughs> but wait, what was your question again? I, I don't know. But friend, friend of the pod, Will Johnson, texted me last night. He must not be too upset. He, I'm sure he wanted Bellinger for his Yankees, but he must not be too upset because right, right as Talkman made the play, a few people texted you, my dad, and Will, and Will said stamp feet, clap hands, which I, what I always say, nice. on, what I always say on Instagram when the Cubs win. So, um, that is, uh, I, I appreciate that he is getting on the big blue train in the, in the National League side at least. We don't, we don't use the BBT anymore. Well, you know, it's still rolling. I mean, it's, yeah, I haven't, I strategically have not said it this like win streak on Twitter, but Ben, by the way, had an all time tweet last night. I don't think I've ever shared an Instagram, like a tweet on Instagram before, but if you follow my Instagram, uh, like just like personal account, um, I shared a tweet to my, or an X, I shared an X to my Instagram story and it was, <laughs> Speaking of movies, like last week, it was the the end of Babylon where you're just staring at the screen and crying at the beauty of it, and it's just you just retweeted Chip Carey's call of <laughs> catch with that image, and it made, it just killed me. It made me start dying laughing. So that was a that was an A plus tweet. If you didn't see Ben's tweet, go look at it. Yeah, we I love how we didn't even like touch on like chip we have like we, we we're just on such a like a high from last night that we didn't even touch on what happened on thursday which you were at with yes michaelis and Contreras. Yes. okay i think being, we could do a we could do it really quick so being there in person together. being there in person i honestly got less of uh understanding of the what all went down obviously like on tv was more helpful to see but 
Yeah, I mean, I almost don't even want to talk about it because it's so in the past now after last night, but, like, that was interesting for sure. Obviously, Ian Happ did not intend on smacking Wilson Contreras in the back of his helmet with his backswing. Like, that's just not how it works. Thankfully, Wilson's okay. Yeah, Wilson's great. I, I I said right away after it happened, I hope Wilson's okay. And, okay, here was my main gripe with it. I think Michaelis was the only one being an idiot about it. Like, I don't I, even think the rest of the Cardinals felt that way. Like, Wilson obviously didn't. Marmol obviously didn't. Like, Marmol acknowledged and patted Hap on the back after Hap gave Contreras, stopped Contreras as he walked off and gave him a hug. Hap did. And then Marmol yeah. patted Hap on the back, I think, and said, at the very least acknowledged him and nodded at him as if to say, like, nice movie in. And then I get why Marmol wants, is always going to defend his player. Like, that's how baseball managers work. Like, you could disagree, but you're going to defend your player. Michaelis gets kicked because he, Throws at Hap twice, just misses the first time, and Marmol boots it out of the dugout and is yelling at the umpire. And I'm not blaming Marmol for that. I I would expect Rossi to do the same thing. But it seems like only Michaelis was like, oh, man, you know, I'm going to make this about me. And and then you have the Cardinals media team on both on radio and TV, which I've seen since then, calling it just a complete disgrace that Michaelis was kicked out and somehow blaming Hap for it. And I, I, one one theory I heard, and I'll let you in one second. But one theory is that people are saying that Hap or Michaelis was mad because Hap didn't do it on purpose, but it has to be better than that because he's a major leaguer or whatever. But like mistakes happen, and obviously he wouldn't do that to especially a former teammate. Right, exactly. It's so stupid. Michaelis is stupid. He obviously I would have had confidence in the Cubs winning that game, but Michaelis lost the Cardinals that game in the first inning. Yep. Plain and simple. Yep. And as you said, Marmol, he has to stick up for his players because he's, it already feels like he lost the locker room. So you yep. got to go out there and stick up for your guys. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what Michaelis was doing. I, I think it's already irrelevant and we can move on. But the best part about it for me, as much as Michaelis was crying and we get that great picture of Stroman <laughs> laughing at Michaelis and Michaelis was trying to call Stroman too small or something like that. The best part was Chip Carey. Yeah, this, was, this entire this entire weekend so far, the best part about this entire weekend has been Chip Carey. He you is know what? just in complete shambles. Chip is a good announcer too. People give Chip a hard time. People don't think he's nearly as good, whatever, all that nonsense. He, I think he's actually a really solid announcer, all things considered. Like I watched. No, he is a great. His yeah. calls are great. I watched most of the Cubs game last night via the Cardinal stream. Um, for different circumstances, I was. I had just gotten home from a family trip. I was streaming on my phone through Stream East uh, because I couldn't get Marquee pulled up at the time. Whatever. Long story short, I was watching it through Bally Sports Midwest or whatever. And so I got to hear some of Chip, and he's not a bad announcer at all. But his call of um, Talkman's robbery and your tweet with it was just so funny. It, he just screamed caught, and you could hear he was just trying to help you know, trying to be a good announcer and trying to capture the moment as all good announcers do. <laughs> and they they tell you when you're, like, learning to be an announcer, like, sometimes you just have to let the game breathe and just, like, take the headset off after a moment like that, like like Vince Scully and, and you know, in a season that's been so improbable, stuff like that. But I don't think that was a let the game moment breathe kind of thing. He just screamed caught. You could hear the anger and then just nothing for 20 seconds. No Cardinals fall to Cubs. No, the Cubs take it, anything, just nothing for 20 seconds. And my only hope is that as soon as he yelled caught, he fired off the microphone and threw it down on the, on the table. I'm hoping that's what 
we didn't get to obviously hear that, but that is kind of what I'm assuming happened, or that's what I'm going to try to hope happened. I, I don't know. It's just, you're right. He's just, he's just been the funniest Instagram or Twitter post, X post, excuse me, have like <laughs> making fun of him have just, cause it's more that like, it's more that it's not, it's the national media making fun of Chip Carey right, too, right. this past weekend. So I don't know. I probably watched as much as I watched the Boog and uh, well, JD call of it. I think I watched the Chip Carey call just as much because it's so funny. It's to so be fun. fair, everyone and their mother thought that ball was out, so I, I'm i not mad at Boog for this or JD, but, like, to be fair, Chip Carey's anger is kind of hiding that Boog and JD didn't have a fantastic call of it either. Boog was good. Like, he like he was a good, like, you know, he caught it or whatever. <laughs> and in the, and I don't blame him. I've done this before and announced it too, but, like, in the middle of Boog saying it, JD is like, oh, my God, yeah, he did. Like, <laughs> they were just shocked. They were just one of us watching the game. It was just two guys watching the game in that moment, and that's what's so cool about it. But, like, the uh, X account, awful announcing, was um, tweeting both Chip Carey and the Boog video saying they were both bad. Like, okay, fine. Like, you can say the Boog thing is bad, but, like, there's a, like, there's a reason for that. Like, I'm not gonna hate on him for that. Yeah, it was just, it was just the heat of the moment. I mean, yeah. It's improbable. The way that game ended yesterday is improbable. I think it's happened five times since, like, 1980. So, So, for a walk-off to be robbed? For a walk-off home run with two outs to be robbed. That's awesome. So, yeah. That's so awesome. It it really was. Uh, I felt like a turning point. My, my dad this morning said that he thinks that is this individual moment where they decided not to sell. And then the athletic posted the exact same thing. So he was excited. It's almost like he wrote the article. But uh, is, this, is this the start of the World Series DVD? That's that's what uh that's what they said on uh who said that? Was it Cubby's HQ or something like that on uh, X? Now it's just a running joke. Now we have to keep calling Twitter X. Nah. Uh, All right. I don't That's know. That's fine. Yeah, we're just gonna keep. We'll just have to keep doing it for the rest. I don't know. When are they? When are they actually changing? Like, is it gonna be? They I don't know. My brother already got the update and he's got the full thing, but I'm gonna just not look at the app store and just keep my. Twitter oh, so he got the update where it doesn't have the bird at all. It just has the X. No, it's all X for him. Mm. I'm Twitter though. Yeah, I'm Team Twitter. Hashtag Team Twitter. Hashtag Team Talkman. I'm going to team dinner Talkman. in Palatine tonight. I wonder if there's gonna be a parade. If he makes another catch like that, hits another home run, whatever it might be. Did you see he Carl's tweet? Uh, Barstool Carl said, uh, he, he said he went to Fram to hit, it hits different when it's from the IHSA. IHSA guy. Yeah, <laughs> I did see that. That was a that, great tweet. That did make me laugh. That, that is, was pretty good. No, he's from Pal, like Palatine's like right near me. Like that's like, I'm Fram's not cause I went to public school, but like, um, like Palatine High School and stuff like that, it, like Wheeling and stuff like that, that's all right by me. Like my friend, one of my best friends from college is, um, she went to, um, all those schools that Mr. Talkman went to, and I hope they build a statue for him in the next, like, couple weeks there. They should, especially, like, if they end up going on a run here. And just at the bottom, it could be him making that catch and just say <laughs> the summer of Mike Talkman at the bottom. <laughs> the Palatine Pounder. Palatine I, Pounder, I've summer s- of Mike Talkman. I've seen a lot of comparisons to, um, what happened last night with David Bodie in 2018 on national TV against the Nationals? Um, yeah. And I guess so, because it was right around the same time. It was, I think, it was exactly four years ago today or tomorrow. But I just, I, 
it feels so much different because this Cubs team is like this is not a Cubs team that won the World Series two years ago. This is not a Cubs yeah. team that is supposed to go to the playoffs. This is a Cubs team that is fighting to stay alive, and they've started this incredible streak. And it's just so fun to watch. And this moment felt like, I mean, if you're the Cardinals, how do you go out and win tonight? Like I, I'm sure they're going to be fired up. Like I, you, you, it's not like you go into games not expecting to win. But how do you go into this game expecting to win tonight? The Cubs got to be riding high still. And I bet they are. And that, like, it's just this carried momentum into each night that we've been dealing with here. Like, yeah. just like on when, or Tuesday, they hit all those home runs. Adbert comes in for the save, gets it done. They go down early, 7-2 to against the White Sox, bounce back right away, they win the game. And now it's like, again, like, you're right. How do they win again after that catch by Talkman and the way that they were able to battle back last night? So we're going to be it's back for a – improbable. It, it has been. We're going to be back for a trade deadline show coming up at Tuesday or Wednesday, depending. I'm going to be at the game Tuesday, so we will have to see how that goes down. Um, but let's preview real fast before we wrap up this episode. Although it's been a fun rivalry week, We'll be honest, the White Sox have started their fire sale, and the Cardinals are probably right behind them. These are not tough teams per se, as much as it's fun to beat them, them being our two biggest rivals. But it's going to be interesting here these next two weeks. And starts here with the Reds and the red-hot Atlanta Braves. So, Ben, what do you think going into this next week? What's the expectation? Obviously, we're not. I don't think we're looking at a Moneyball-style 20-game win streak, but let's no. say the deadline comes and goes on Tuesday. I know we're going to record again, so we won't talk too much about it, but let's say it comes and goes. What, what do we expect for this Cubs team now? Like, is it, you know, step on the gas and keep moving and, you know, you're going to win two out of every three games and win 80 something games and make the playoffs? That's, I think that's a fair goal to me. If you're going to commit, commit. That's the goal. I think, and obviously I'm not going to, we'll talk about what happens at the trade deadline, but that's the goal. You want to win every two out of three, no matter who the opponent is, especially if this team is leaning towards standing pat or buying, you got to win every two out of three, even if it is Atlanta, even if it is, I think the, the Cubs have a really interesting stretch coming up where you want, even though like it might scare Jed in the front office about the teams that are coming, look at the, look at the schedule after that. Right. And the combined winning percentage is less than 500 for all the rest yeah, of the opponents the rest of the year. The, I saw that have, tweet. They have one. The I think they have a top three easiest schedule for the rest of the year in Major League Baseball. Get it done. Win two out of three. Keep this train rolling. And yeah, we'll see. But no, that yeah, Cincinnati, that Cincinnati series is at Wrigley Field. If if you want to feel play, that playoff energy at Wrigley Field, go to one of those four games, folks. I guarantee you every game's going to feel like a playoff game no matter what the scenario is. You said you might be there Wednesday? Potentially. We'll see what happens. I If I'm not there Wednesday, I might look for Monday, Tuesday, or Thursday. We'll see what happens. But I'm I'm going to be there Tuesday. I've had the tickets for months and didn't when I got them cuz I'm going I'm going with a group. I didn't even really think about the fact that it's the day of, like it's the day of the deadline. Yeah. And then a, a couple weeks ago, I didn't. I'm like, shoot, like you know, I'm just gonna miss Cody Bellinger's last game by the day. And now it's like, oh man, hold Cody on. Cody Bellinger is still gonna be in town. Stop the train. Stop the train. Stop the L station. 
we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna see about this. We'll see what happens as as Cody Bellinger and the Chicago Cubs try and, and take a few out of the Reds. But I just don't think there's a way he gets traded anymore. I mean, I think this city would burn if they trade him right now, especially because people, even like the Fairweather Cubs fans, are like kind of still noticing now, like. Like Sloche officials already catch a stray, but like the high school football account, like they're posting about the Cubs. Like every everybody is yeah. all of a sudden. So like I think the city would burn if the Cubs decided to phone it in here in the next couple of days. I don't think they they, they can. I don't think they will. I, I think no matter what the scenario is, whether they end up winning their next three in a row and they're would that be four or five games four games over five hundred. Yeah. Um. I think you, I think you, what they should do is have the same exact mentality they did with Contreras and Hap. Set up really high price point for Bellinger and Strowman, and teams have to meet that. And then you could have a discussion. I think that's the only way. And yeah. I, no, they, they need, like, I'm not even saying what, like last week I was, I was firmly on this episode saying, do not trade them. They are cornerstone guys. But, you know, you're still only four games out, or you're still only one game ahead. Set up, set up high price tag. See if teams are willing to meet you there. Then have a discussion. That's the only way. But you got to set that price tag so high that teams aren't willing to go there. You think a team like the Yankees that's like, People keep, you know, people were already getting their Bellinger Yankees jerseys ready and stuff like that. Do you think they're still so locked in on it that they're like, screw that, like we'll we'll give you whatever you want? Because I don't. No. If I'm the Yankees, I feel like I'm just gonna be like, all right, there's other there's other fish to fry. Like I'll just there's other players that can take us from the the bottom of this division up. I, I if I'm the Yankees, I I don't even really talk to the Cubs anymore because yeah, like you said, if they do at this point, it will be such a high price tag. It's a it's a Ultimately, as much as it would hurt, it's a good problem to have because Cody's gotten hot at the right time. The Cubs have gotten hot at the right time. So, no, yeah, if anyone goes knocking to Jed, Jed can be like, hey, we don't have to do this. Like in the past, yeah. you know, with the Rizzo and Bryant thing and stuff like that, people, everyone and their mother knew. Yeah. But now Jed could be like, we don't, we don't have to trade him to you. You know, like unless we're getting all, you know, this X, Y, and Z, we're fine. We'll go play for the playoffs. So yeah. I, it's, it's ultimately as much as it hurts to say, it's a good problem to have. Right. And I, I do hope they end up keeping Bally, but if they are leaning in a certain direction, set that price, set that price as high as you can make. Cause now I, obviously we don't know if Bally's on the trade block or not, but with Shohei officially being off the trade block, Cody Ballinger is the most, probably yeah. the most valuable guy position player on the block right now, and crazy enough, the Cubs right now, after Giolito got sent to Anaheim, Cubs might have the most important pitching piece on the block, potentially, whether they are or not. But, you know, we'll just have to see what happens on Tuesday, and hopefully, if it's me, I would like to see a left-handed reliever and a third baseman, but I'm just asking. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just I'm not begging. I'm just Ken. <laughs> I'm actually going to finally see that tomorrow. Let's go, uh, dude. I saw Oppenheimer, obviously, but because we talked about it last week. But um, before before we stop this one, uh, we'll round it out like this. Let's do our classic South Side stop. What the heck is going on at the cell? Just a, is it a complete fire sale? Is Ozzy right? I don't know if you saw what Ozzy said. He said even the, what does he say? Even the parking attendant has to go. Yeah, something like that. What I don't what know. Is, what is going on? I mean, they're just I. So far, it's I mean, just the pitching staff. 
but we knew these guys that were all coming. Oh yeah. So it's not necessarily a surprise. No, but I shouldn't say I it like that. It's not some, I did see some Eloy Jimenez talk this morning, uh, Milwaukee, which I would not like, and the Marlins are interested. So I don't know. This we're we're gonna have to see what happens this upcoming week because if they're willing to go there, which I don't think they will. But if they're willing to trade Luis Robert and Dylan Cease, they can then we can say what the hell is going on. Yeah. But Rick Khan is Rick Khan is very adamant on a retool and wants to be able to compete next year, which crazy enough, they will have a lot of cap space now next year if they're willing to uh actually spend it. What so, I uh what I keep thinking about, what I'm kinda meant by what the hell is going on is they're just getting back all those same guys they once believed in, but traded away. It's like five. Oh, I know. I think it's five of the prospects they've gotten already, or not all prospects. A few prospects and five of the players they've gotten so far are Trace Thompson. Yeah, Trace Thompson and others who are White Sox uh, raised players who went away and now they are back. Okay, here's the question to end the episode, Ben. Okay. I kind of wish the Cubs got in on Joe Kelly or Kendall Graveman. Maybe they didn't, just didn't go their way. But if the this is always this is a pipe dream because the Cubs are apparently buyers now and the Whites and there's no way the White Sox would sell to the Cubs. I don't think they have in the past. I don't think. But if you had to, with what the White Sox had left, do you think that you think there's a deal for the for uh, Rick Hahn and Jed Hoyer to talk to have some lunch and maybe share some players? No, I think, think so? they're all gone. I th- I think I think you'd name the two names that could have potentially been guys with Graves. I bet he was Joe in Kelly. on it. I bet they were in on it. They probably made a call. I mean, yeah. they were obviously probably they probably met with each other face to face, knowing that they were at the game together or whatever. But I'm gonna say no. I think, I mean, realistically, looking across the Cubs roster now, they do have this guy named Kenyon Middleton, who's a pretty good reliever. But I don't know if they're going to trade him because he's kind of been like one of the guys that they found this year that have been really nice. And, you know, looking across their roster, their third baseman is Jake Berger. But Jake Berger is essentially just another version of Patrick Wisdom. Yeah, Jake yeah. Berger's better. I'm not going to deny that. But they're kind of the same player. So unless unless... There's a huge, huge trade where like Dylan Cease and Luis Robert are available. Maybe I could see a couple calls. No, that I'm kidding. No I don't way. even know why I said that. I don't think there's anyone left on that roster now no. that is going to be an option for the Cubbies. Right, because when the Cubs had their fire sale, those two did do some do some business with Kimbrel and Nikki Two Strikes, among others. And I, I just and Ryan Tapera. Right, and it makes me Good think. Deals. Yeah, it makes me think if. The Cubs were in on Joe Kelly, but the Dodgers traded, I believe, at least one, if not two, top ten prospects for to get Joe Kelly back and Lance Lynn. So the Dodgers are going all in as well. They're really getting the band back together with Joe Kelly and Kike Hernandez, and Justin Turner sits in a sweat, gripping his phone, waiting for his call. The Dodgers are, even though the Dodgers are really pulling way too hard on that we can fix this guy card halfway through the season (laughs) with Lance Lynn, Joe Kelly, Ahmed Rosario, and Kike Hernandez. They're all like at their respective positions right now. They're all like the worst qualified players 
at each position. So the Dodgers are trying really hard right now to say we can fix this guy card halfway through the season. They probably can is the problem. Yeah, they probably will. Yeah, Medrizario they probably will. will probably... They probably will, and they probably go on to win the World Series, if not the Braves. Cubs will get into Cubs will get into the playoffs. They're finally there. Med oh Rosario, my god! Rosario will hit a walk off home run against freaking Julian Merriweather or some bullshit like that. And here's Michael Fulmer into the game with Albert Alzali's late season injury. You never thought this situation would present itself as Fulmer gets to close for the Cubs. Hit high in a deep left field, and the Dodgers... No, but I hope not. But anyway, that gives me a chance. I keep saying we're going to round this one up, but this is the last thing, I swear. I want to hear what you have to say. I was talking to my brother this past week when we were on vacation. This is the first time... The Cubs maybe being a playoff team this year is the first time that I'm really having to be mad about the new playoff format. Because... Because... Okay. But yeah, I, I want to hear what you say. I'm just saying, like... Like yes, if we make the wild card, that's fine. But like that wild card is so that wild card is so muddy in the NL that there's so many teams that I think at the best route is still winning this division. But I feel like at this point, unless the Cubs just go absolutely nuts still for the next couple of weeks, we're still going to be the third best division winner. What is the point of winning your division if you still have to play in a wild card series? I mean, I don't get it. It's I get it adds more teams to the playoffs, but just make an at that point just add an extra wild card team or something. Like what is the point? Of winning your division and then still playing the best wild card team in a series. Yeah. You're not even with it, that it's team. Just, it's the second and third. But then it brings more chaos. Like last year was so much fun when the Philly, obviously it's the Cardinals, but the Phillies beating the Cardinals at home two games in a row. Yeah, no, that was, I mean, it was cool. I'm not saying it's not cool, but, but you now, do get, if yeah. you're, if you're a wild, like if you are the, if you win your division, you do get all three games at home. Yes, which is nice. But you saw how that worked out for the Cardinals. Right. So I'm just saying, now that it was cool last year when it was the Cardinals, but now that it might actually be us, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but now that it might actually have to do with us, it's starting to make me mad. Nah, it doesn't really bother me that much, personally. Ah, well, guess what? Well, playoff, se- playoff seeds are not based on Pythagorean win percentage, Ben. I want to – I got to look into <laughs> what their Pythagorean win percentage is now that they – like. Maybe at this point we should be at the Braves level with what I was projecting with our <laughs> Pythagorean win percentages. And that like now we're on a set we won nine of our last ten. Like, come on. We we should be like at sixty five wins right now. The Cubs were never supposed to be sellers. They actually had the highest Pythagorean win percentage in the MLB. Boom. Boom. Go Cubs. Go Cubs.